1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Ozviz Live from Aberangaroo Studios. It is time for the call as we kick off the afternoon as usual every weekday. Ten stocks picked by you. I put them to an expert panel. We do it all in one hour. And the panel today, Mark Gardner from Macro Capital. Mark, how good are you, afternoon? sir? Afternoon. And Daniel Ortiz from Lincoln Indicators. Daniel, good afternoon to
2: you. Good afternoon, Koshi. Good to be here again.
1: Yeah, yeah, good to see you both. Now, um let's I'm gonna get straight into it because we've got a lot to cover uh today. Interesting batch of uh, stocks, the first five for the first half hour, Camplify, uh, Aussie Broadband, People In, Region Group, and Pointera. Uh stock of the day though. Um, after having spent a few days in uh, Perth at the Resources Technology uh, Conference. Uh, Probably learnt more about mining than I ever thought I needed to know, Uh, but it was just a sensational conference and how technology is changing the landscape for our miners. Thought we'd uh, take a look at Rio today after City. Uh, came out and sees a sharp increase in Rio's earnings, excluding Pilbara region's operation in the next three years. Uh, City expects the earnings ex-Pilbara to reach around $4 billion per half compared to $1.3 billion in the second half of uh, calendar year 2022. The broker maintains uh, its radiant neutral as it feels iron ore prices will soften um, in uh, the second half of this calendar year and it keeps a price target of 120 bucks. Um, Mark Gardner, how do you see Rio at, at the moment? Um, uh, iron ore prices dropping, but their production is is increasing significantly.
0: Yeah, the um, we just had uh, about fifteen minutes ago the manufacturing PMI in China, which was actually a pretty positive number for the first right. time in a while. So this China recovery we've been waiting for for six months now actually might be real oh. um, potentially. Um, well, I mean, one you know one figure doesn't necessarily you know form a trend, but yep. there. Uh, the numbers over there have been lagging, but um, at the moment I think these iron ore miners particularly, the iron ore price obviously bounced pretty significantly out of that December low. Yeah. Um, it is it is sitting on pretty critical support at the moment and I, and I sort of feel like these big, um, you know, the big miners and the iron ore miners, the only thing really holding them up there is that iron ore price and if it does break to the downside we'll probably yeah. see. Um, prices pull back quite a bit and when these things go on a run um, outside or this far away from dividend um, yep. uh, well, another dividend then uh, you know you can see some pretty significant moves but um, BHP I, I mean whilst I do agree with um, that analysis then they are looking to diversify, but I mean, that's yeah, they're yeah. a little bit late to the party. I think.
1: Has Rio got the diversification that BHP's got? Is that the thing? No, counts, okay?
0: they're mainly iron ore and aluminium. Um, yeah. I think they're 10% each in copper and mineral, various minerals, um, whereas BHP's 47% um, iron ore, 26% copper. Right. Um, right. I very much like that copper exposure. They got some of the best, yep. um, you know, best deposits you know, globally as well. That potash um, project it's going on in Canada is nine odd thousand square kilometres, which yep. will- massive. Is absolutely massive. Um, that's coming online, I think twenty twenty five or twenty six. But right. his last check was, you know, under budget and you know ahead of schedule, sort of thing. So not by much, but you know, but reliable BHP. They know how to get things done. Yeah. So, um, and that's going to have anywhere up to like one point one point five billion dollars worth of revenue potentially in the first year. It's only right. costing them about one point six to build. So, wow. you know, that's it's obviously a pretty good asset. Um, so and look, that go, that moves away from those chemical-based fertilisers um, right. being potash, which I think, um, you know, it, which it will obviously be, you know, we're going to need. We're still overpopulated, right. even though there's some slowing birth rates in some of the bigger com- um, countries. So, but my only thing with Rio, I tend to agree with that analysis, and I'm and I think Rio is will be a better company in, in a year or two with that di- um, added right. diversification. Um, However, I'm very wary of buying cyclicals at the top of the at the top right. of ranges into you know potential so slowing.
1: So Rio, not for
0: you. Uh, just, just, just across the board, I'm I wouldn't be buying Rio. And BHP. I was going to say is BHP. I, I'd be a I'd be selling option. this at the moment, and then if I was get, when I'm getting back in, I'm getting I'm getting back into BHP more okay. than likely. Uh, obviously, depending on price. Um, yeah, it's it is yeah, just with that copper exposure yeah. and just not being so heavily reliant on Okay, um,
1: so sell Rio and would you sell BH. I wouldn't BHP's sell BH I wouldn't down. necessarily yeah.
0: yeah, it has we've sold BH um, BHP earlier in the year, around the you know, forty eight yeah, yeah. forty eight to forty nine dollars. Um, yeah. some clients who I'm super keen on it. You know, they just wanted to get back in for some. Yeah. Uh, so there's been a small nibble from some clients. Um, not. Um, but I,
1: I'm I'm pretty happy at the moment, just waiting on the sidelines. Okay. So BHP, Rio, Fortescue, even Minres, you wouldn't. Be
0: uh, I just at I just willing to be patient, right? Um, cause so I think wake. um, you know, if we do get a soft landing, yeah, I'd rather miss you know, miss a first part of the yeah. move and be sure. But um, you know, you're seeing those economic numbers in the US soften at the moment. And, um, you know, they are the, you know, they're the biggest consumer in the yeah. world. So um, I don't I don't feel the need with, you know, Fed saying higher for longer, numbers softening and the amount of uncertainty
1: okay. that I need to be buying cyclicals at this level. Uh, Daniel, what do you think of uh, Rio? And on that iron ore price, I think I saw a chart from... Carl Kapalinga from uh, Think Markets the other day, uh, basically reinforcing what Mark was saying. It's at a, a critical level, likely to to break down to the lower side after a pretty good run.
2: Yeah, we're probably a little bit more bearish on iron ore prices as well, mainly from no. a supply side point of view. So that's probably you can tell what our opinions on Rhea would be just from that statement. Yeah. But. The blessing and the curse of Rio Tinto is that it's such a large and complex business. And to give management credit, probably the last 12 months, they're actually starting to hit a bit of a purple patch, particularly as they improve efficiency in the shipment. So they had a big bottleneck issue in their shipments in iron ore, um, but it's just not the right point in the cycle. So I think this is one that you should actually pay a bit closer attention to. Um, last five, 10 years, they've really struggled to maintain even the midpoint of their shipments guidance, which has been a, you know a, the reason why everyone says you'd always just buy BHP, but that narrative might be changing over the next 12 months, particularly um, depending on how their, their yeah. Pilbara division goes. So something to watch there, but not the right point in the cycle for us. We'd probably be happy to, to take some profits and sell
1: Right. Um, and, and same with the BHP's and uh, Fortescue's and Minres?
2: Yeah, well, Fortescue, I probably put the biggest sell on. Um, the right. reason for that is something that the market uh, probably isn't focusing enough on is price realisation. So when you've got um, very low margins in steel manufacturing, Chinese um, blast furnace, want to actually purchase the lowest quality iron ore to save on their costs because they're not making any profit. What that means is Fortescue gets the biggest bump because they have the lowest grade. So the price utilization and realization is so high at the moment that needs to come down um, and that will be an even bigger downgrade. So we're we're more than happy to move on from Fortescue.
1: Okay, All right. Let's get into the uh, stocks that you want us to take a look at right now. And uh, Daniel, Chris wants a view on Camplify, Well, uh, the big platform for mobile homes and caravans—it's sort of like the uh, sort of the Airbnb of uh, of caravans and uh, mobile homes—is a great business. um, Expanded overseas.
2: Yeah, it does look very interesting and probably 12 months ago it would have been a stock story that would have got a lot more attention. Um, it's realistically just not the right point in the, in the cycle for markets at the moment to be investing in a company like Amplify, but you do have to give them credit. And um, I think if you saw in their most recent result, gross profit margins absolutely flew through the door. And the reason for that is they've done a great job of on selling insurance and, and membership premium products. To people who are on the platform and renting these camper vans, so that was actually half of their revenue. The other half was from bookings. Um, so I thought that was really interesting, but it's simply too too early on. I mean. Um, I think they do have a significant amount of cash on the balance sheet, but it's probably going to be dwindled down. So until we can see some evidence of it being sustainable and profitable, you know, cap raisings at this point in the cycle are just very difficult. So we'd be happy to be moving on. But certainly you'd want this stock on your watch list. It's, it's one that potentially has a lot of a lot of potential going forward. Okay. So if you're in it, hold it or sell it? Oh, it depends on your risk appetite i think we'd be leaning towards a sell because yeah. if you're heading towards more cap raises in the near term you know yeah. the share price is only going to go one and way going to get diluted
0: yeah mark yeah i couldn't agree I couldn't agree more i mean their, their numbers were impressive um they're probably just two to three years late um this thing's probably you know three times higher if it's 2021. Yeah. um <laughs> but look they've you know they've made a lot of active free acquisitions share a camper Paul camper my way um they're in seven countries, the bookings were up, profit margin obviously as well was, um, was pretty impressive, um, improved by about 9%. Um, so, they're, you know, they're, it's a good business, but it's just very early stage. And if you, yeah, I would just echo Daniel's comments that, you know, you want, you probably want to be in the safety of, um, yep. you know, businesses making money at the moment, but, you know, I'd, I'd be, if I if I had it, I'd probably hold it, but I'd right. I'd just be careful of allocation size, um, because right. if, you know, if they've got to go to market um, to raise money, you're going to get diluted. So yep. I wouldn't have probably any more than 1% of the portfolio in this. Right. Um, and then, look, add to it when it shows green shoots, and yep. the profitability, really. Um, but yeah, it's... Um, it's just yeah, it's just the wrong period of time. So.
1: Okay. all right, um, Mark David wants a view on Aussie Broadband, the uh, uh, specialist telco that um, really uh, tried to carve its niche in the higher end user was it, that to differentiate yeah, one, themselves from other telcos? I think at one stage it had a, like
0: 80% of users that's paid more than $100 a month. Mm. So, um, yeah, they listed in 2022. They uh, two. They've re- they recently, well, not so recent, but they're over the wire where they um, acquired. Um, that sort of gave a little bit of earnings uncertainty there for a while. Uh, I think they actually released their earnings and then they had to release it with over the wire the next day. And, right. You know, it was not the right period of time. I think it was around about that sort of, you know, June July period where you can see it sort of dropped off a bit of a yep. cliff. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but look, it started to recover here at the moment. Um, I think it, it's a it is a growth company. PE is pretty high at twenty seven, um, but it has the benefit of being in a defensive sector uh, for mine, where you know people uh, communications, particularly uh, you know telecommunications, tend to do very well yeah. um, through these defensive periods and um, their customer service, you know, is their you know is their headline. Um, so as long as they maintain that, there was some director selling recently. Um, they came out with a statement saying it was something to do with the tax liability of one of the directors. Uh, okay. But it, but it was about three percent, um, with a view to selling more. The, it didn't really drop, to be honest. Um, uh, you know, c- compare that with Polynovo had a. Um, David Williams doing a little bit of selling the other day, and they justified the reason, uh, the reason why, and then the stock got smoked like 15%. So, the um, so it's held in there pretty well. So the price action pretty good. Um, you know, I yeah, I would say it's it's a hold for me, it, um, leaning towards probably a buy, but mm. um, just a hold for now. Um, and uh, because it is one of those ones that uh, look, it, it's not it's not necessarily profitable. You may get it cheaper at some stage right. if uh, if the broader market falls.
1: And management, uh, always is highly regarded. Whenever it comes up on the call, no matter who who's on the panel, yeah, um, they always praise the management. So a it's a really fairly good generic sword.
0: product, really. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, and they
0: and they just found they found the niche where. Um, you know, people were crying out for attention, which was yeah. that
1: customer service end. So yeah, I'm just prepared to, to pay for it. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Daniel, what do you think of uh, Aussie broadband?
2: Yeah, one I've been more positive on um, and, and been positive on for a while. I think the reason why management gets touted so long is because I uh, touted so much because, you know, you don't typically see a management team be so uh, solid and sticking together from almost uh, when this company was created to IPO and Post IPO, post big merger, they're still all there. They're still buying shares. Recently, you had Phil um, sell a, a small parcel for tax liabilities, but he's been buying millions of dollars on market before that as well. So you know, don't don't forget that little little statement as well. So I think the strategy of Aussie Broadband probably gets a little bit lost um, when you look at it on face value because it does get thrown around as purely an MBN reseller. Mm-hmm. What they've done is they've listed um, and, and raised that capital to build out that fiber network. So that's actually improved gross margins, significantly 25 to 30%, um, massive improvement and been annualized cost saving of probably 15 million plus straight to the bottom line. But the second tier um, to that strategy is now connecting, you know, high density CBD buildings to their infrastructure so they can make business and and wholesale and government connections on their own service, which is a a massive margin uh, win for them. So they've connected about 300 buildings at the moment. Sales pipeline is full. Um, we heard that from the commentary from the management team, and they can connect to about another twelve hundred buildings um, in the near term as well. So that's probably the right. part I'm most interested in, and I think that's probably gets a little bit lost. So I've been I've been slamming the table at this one below three bucks, and and definitely would call it a buy. Okay, all right. Our
1: uh, next stock um, is from John Daniel. He wants a view on People In. The, uh, the human resources um, platform?
2: Yeah, well, when I was first having a look at this one, Koshi, I thought it's been an absolute purple patch in terms of macro tailwinds. You've got the extremely tight job market. These guys are providing um, employees to industries that really need them and, and the share price has only been trending one way. Um, and I was trying to think, why is this? Because results have been quite good. They are a bit of a roll-up story. So they've been acquiring a lot of businesses and expanding their offerings, particularly the professional services, which is more one-off recruitment, high margin um, fees. And I think the fact that they've been rolling up, growing their debt balance, potentially a bit of a risk um, seen by the market. But I think it's also the fact that this was well-owned by a lot of small cap managers and you've probably seen a lot of equity outflows from those managers and forced selling, so potentially it could be an opportunity for someone who sees a bit of a, a more of a longer term opportunity. People in because it's trading at very low multiples does look quite attractive, and the business momentum is very strong. Um, but even saying that at Stock Doctor, you know the stock's probably too small and the liquid for us to invest in. Um, so that probably tells you a bit of the opportunity there for a retail investor. Um, and I'd be really interested to see how the next result goes because one thing they've struggled with is international arrivals. Particularly for that nursing market, so hospital um, hospitals one of their biggest markets, and right. if they're able to generate some more uh, margin and, and revenue from there, I think they will be a massive beat in the near term.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you about that liquidity because um, uh, when I was having a look at it before, uh, turnovers can be tiny on some days, Mark. Can't
0: yeah, yeah, turnover is a bit of a problem, um, but yeah, look, it's just ground lower, and yeah. as uh, as Daniel just outlined, you know they've. They really have had nothing but, you know, really good results. Um, yeah. That higher debt is a mild concern. Um, a slowing economy is not necessarily going to help, but obviously, yeah, that influx of, um, of migrant workers, uh, you know, potentially could, uh, you know, could could work out for it. But um, you know, I, I think the slowing economy part realistically is kind of almost priced in. I mean, we've seen this thing drop, um, you know, from early 2021 from around about $5 to about $3 here at the moment, Um, super low PE, um, you know, although I suppose if they just want to pull things back and not increase that debt from this point, you know, they don't necessarily have to go and expand and maybe just focus on the current current business. But, um, you know, revenues have been up every year. yeah, you know, their, their profit margins are pretty good and pretty solid. So yeah, you know, it um, yeah, it's something for the watch list for now. Um, right. Just it's thin stocks. Are they're really um, you know you need to be committing to it for yeah. you know a period. And I want to see um, you know, I want to see employment. We've still got employment at, uh, unemployment at sort of record lows at the moment. Um, yeah. When Im- unemployment moves, um, it moves fast if you yeah. go back and look at it historically. Um, so it'd be the sort of thing that I'd maybe go have a look at next earnings season. Um, yeah. But, yeah, because I don't think – I don't I really don't get the feeling it's going to run away. Yeah. Um, but you've got, you know, people upgrading SEEK and things like that as well. Um, yeah. So I, I think there's still optimism. It's Yeah, and, and the stats are all pretty good and the management seems pretty yeah. sound. Two, two analysts, or three analysts, have got um, recommendations with a 50% price target above, right. so,
1: yeah. So, very similar to Daniel. It yep, looks good, but... It looks good, but... A bit too illiquid it, at a the moment. A bit too
0: liquid, and I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about, you know, yeah. when, when unemployment re- starts to, to head higher, if you go back and look at periods of rising unemployment, it, yeah. it spikes super, super fast. And
1: and I'll tell you what, I don't know what you're both feeling in the market at the moment, but you get these... Uh, record low unemployment figures coming out, but there are so many companies laying off staff at the moment. It's it, it seems like, uh, the anecdotal bit, evidence. I'm yeah, getting we're, just at the coal phase. We're in a really strange period where you know,
0: I've sort of been flat as being quite bearish, but I'm it's more so cautious because right. there's those there's those transition periods where you you know we may get a soft landing we may we may get a recession yeah. um but things will turn super quickly um yeah. and i don't really feel like at those levels i'm missing out on a lot to the yep. upside so yep. probably more a
1: risk reward proposition yeah. for me but daniel similar thoughts
2: yeah well i think in terms of that layoff um comment you just made kosh it probably takes a little bit of time for that to flow through because you've got severance and a lot of yeah. the times they get Get noticed for a few weeks, so I think that probably needs to play through. But you've also got evidence from Seek saying that job listings, you know, they're not quite record highs of what they were, but they're still really strong. So clearly, there's opportunities yeah. for um, employment in other market. I think where you've seen retrenchment is where you've seen simply companies being overly optimistic in their hiring, so they yeah. they're probably cutting back to normal um, rather than firing or, or laying down staff purely because um, they're in trouble. I think it's more of a normalisation
1: yeah interesting all right uh our next stock um that is up for a look comes from uh, glenn uh daniel and it's on region group which is a uh, um own shopping centers but mainly in suburban and regional areas usually with one of the big key tenants like a woolies or a coles or whatever
2: yeah, so formerly um, Shopping Centers Australasia, um, SCP, so it's a. when I was looking at it, I was like, I haven't heard of this company before, and then I realized it had a recent name change. Um, there's a bit of a tale of two stories with this business. The first is, like you said, Koshi, we actually like that it's operating in a real niche because you tend to see these niche reads actually perform better. For example, storage is a niche that's performed really well. Um, And what we like is that these are, you know, large format assets, cornerstone by um, supermarkets like you said, 50% of incomes by supermarkets, very high occupancy. But on the other side of that story is regional property values are falling the fastest. So they're actually having the biggest decrease in NTA or biggest revaluations downwards in the market at the moment. And that's obviously a negative, both from an asset value and a gearing point of view, because the debt doesn't get revalued down, only the property does. So they're having to sell um, some of their non-core assets and they had a stake in CQR, which they had to offload quickly as well. So there's probably enough for me to be on the sidelines for now, Um, but potentially one I'd put on the watch list for REITs, because there, there are probably a lot of REITs out there that are, Uh, certainly not uh, investment grade or investment worthy at the moment. And this one potentially could be. So I'd I'd firmly be putting it on the watch.
1: Okay, if you're in it, you'd just you'd keep holding it then?
2: Look, I think if I was in it, I'd actually be happy to take my profits or to to sell for a loss now, because if we get um, gearing increasing, to a certain point potentially creditors might be stepping in and saying hey you might be forced to do an equity raise here um, and you know I don't want to be put in a situation like that in REITs at this point in time okay. so uh, I, I'd be stepping back from this one for now.
0: Okay. Uh, Mark? Yeah these guys are, most of their debts hedged about 74% um, and their gearing levels sort of the low end of the range around about 31%. Um, 98% occupancy. I um, don't have any numbers on whale, um, but and there has been a little bit of director buying. But um, right. as Daniel said, regional areas there tends to be the most volatility in um, you know in, in property prices. But uh, I, I guess with cornerstone um, mm. tenants like supermarkets, etc., um, you know, they they should do pretty Gives well. You some stability does. Well, absolutely, worst, yeah. Then. So, um, but look, for the, in the reit sector, it's yeah, we've we've been sort of in the industrial mainly. Um, just from a supply-demand point of view, um, there's there's a supply gap of industrial real estate uh, for the next sort of three to five years. Um, something along the lines of um, three million square meters being needed, and one million square meters only being scheduled for build. So. Yeah. Um, So that's the sort of space we're preferring to play in that's sort of either goodman's or goodman's or cip um goodman's obviously do a little bit more development so um you know the safer i guess the safer version may be cip but those prime real estate um you know locations that are right right near the motorways and things like that um and you know that that possibility if they get the structural engineering right that they can possibly go Go higher on those ah. uh, on those warehouses as well. So yeah, shopping centres is not really um, where we want to be at the moment. Not to say this is actually this looks like a pretty good business. It's just more the macro environment. Um, yeah. Because once you start to get the property da- um, downgrades, like a lot of the a lot of the upward movement in the reits is generally you know get properties being re- revalued up. Yeah. Um, it's mainly part of the rally, but you've got to remember that that's mainly part of the fall as well. And this one's only trading at about a ten percent discount to so NTA. It's a lot of pretty high quality rates out there trading at a bigger discount. Uh, the way that.
1: bigger discount. something. So, yeah, that?
0: so I I'd, I'd be interested cheaper and probably more towards the end of the year or start of next year sort of thing. Right. But um, but yeah, not for us but right not
1: now. now. Okay. All right. Our fit stock uh, for this half hour is Pointera. Samantha wants a view on this. Uh, Daniel, the um, um, software business in uh, 3D geospatial data technology, which is basically mapping, isn't it? Mapping of buildings and and the like.
2: Yeah, it is a it is a complex software to understand. I think though Probably one thing investors don't actually do a lot of is heading to the website and reading about um, in the about section, reading the blogs and everything. And that actually helps me understand a lot more what the software does. I think too many investors just go to the presentations. So definitely if you're interested in this business, there's a lot of information out there to help you understand what the product actually does. Um, We think it's a very innovative company and, and potentially one that could be a great future business. But simply at the moment for these these comments that we've been echoing the whole time, it's not the right right point in time in the cycle, too illiquid, too small. And one thing that I'm quite concerned about looking through the accounts Is that you've had consistently growing contract value but revenue has lagged pretty significantly and the gap hasn't closed at all and then you've got cash flows which have lagged revenue even further so i think that's a massive reason as to why the share price has has copped a big wallop as well i think 12 months ago investors were expecting a lot of cash to be flowing in by now and it's simply not so until we see that come through you know we, we wouldn't be interested in the stock at all it's another one we'd probably be selling at a loss at the moment because you're victim to the capital raisings and the dilution yep. going on in the market. You just simply can't be holding on and throwing a prayer at the moment. And unless you're happy taking yep. that specy and holding it for a long time. Yep. And is this the
1: um, I saw a uh, a whole bunch of charts just the other day on looking at the uh, the history month by month of the Australian share market and how April is traditionally always a terrific month and then it falls away in, in May and June's terrible with tax loss selling. So if, you, if you've got any, any dogs in your portfolio or you've missed previous rallies, do you take advantage of April and, and get out early rather than wait for the dive in June?
2: Yeah, I think I think certainly there is opportunities if you're holding on to those couple stocks and everyone has them in their yep. portfolio. You know, <laughs> those few dogs that you're holding on to. It, it happens to even the best of us. So if you see that bump up, you have to have the psychology and, and the confidence to say, I'm I'm willing to cut ties now. Because, you know, ninety-nine times out of hundred it, it it the share price does not revert upwards, it reverts yeah. downwards. So if you need to take opportunities to sell, then you have to make that quick decision and, and realistically you know if you like the company there'll be a point in time where you can buy in cheaper yeah. so Definitely don't be afraid of selling and, and making those quick decisions and emotion, non-emotive decisions is something we consider as important at Stock Doctor.
1: Yeah, similar Mark? Or?
0: Yeah, I think it's 85% of the time. April's roughly about a 2.5%, except yeah. for last year, which was horrible. Yep. So um, I'm a little bit wary of US earnings season this time around. I mean, right. you can't go and lay off tens of thousands of or hundreds of thousands of people and then give an optimistic outlook. Yep. Um, so I, I think that it probably, could start a little bit earlier than may um companies like this mm-hmm. with cap raising uh particular you know they if they're gonna have to do cap raising they're they're gonna be in trouble because the credit conditions from yep. this time last year to this year i mean even before the bank incident i'm not going to call it a crisis anymore <laughs> um until there's at least one more um is i mean is, is essentially yeah, you know, it's going to be a lot harder, basically. But um, further to Daniel's point is that the um, I was reading through the investor report, and I and I had I literally I had to go to the website to try and work out you know what they. there's what a they lot mean. of massive words in there, and yep. uh, but I mean, look, the product. If they can stay afloat for the next, and not to, I'm not saying this thing's going to go down the drain by any means, but it's a it's a it's a really good product it's probably just a little bit ahead of its time potentially right. um you know we've got there'll be there'll be applications for this in i think at the moment they're using it mainly for um you know for buildings and i think also checking um you know checking tele- telegraph pole lines and right. things for yeah. after storm damage and stuff like that they're, but again the metaverse and things and things as well but they're um you know they the applications for it, um, you know, in future are pretty huge. So, you know, but there was uh, there, were, there were people that went broke trying to trying to make Google before Google came along. You know, you can't be too early in to the market either. Yep. So, um, yeah, I'd be, you know, we we would have finished it basically last year's lows at the end of the financial year. So. sure there'll be you know there'll be a couple of tax losses needed if you've got this one but um and just keep it on the watch list but if they go for another through another capital raise again you know you're going to get diluted you're going to it'll be get it'll get lower but then if this takes off there'll be more than enough chances to get on board okay so if you are on board at the moment i'd be cutting it as well i think yeah so
1: as well but
0: but I i like it in terms of like for, I think it's yep. I think it is just a little bit ahead of its time yep okay keep it on the watch list like people in yeah yeah a different different I think people in's making money though so right. I'd be more inclined mm-hmm. to be involved in people in than. okay than, um, all
1: right let's recall recap the uh, first five stocks stock of the day Rio as a sell from both Mark and Daniel uh, Camplify a sell from Daniel a hold from Mark uh, Aussie Broadband, a buy from Daniel, hold from Mark. Uh, people in, not the right time at the moment, uh, but keep on your watch list. Uh, Region Group, a no from Mark, sell from Daniel, and Terra a sell as well, like the business, maybe a bit ahead of its time. Keep it on the watch list. And, uh, towards the end of the year when market conditions could be a bit more favourable. Here on the call, we've been tracking our own high conviction uh, fantasy fund as picked by the Investment Committee. The latest episode of the committee meeting is on the platform right now, ausbiz.com. So let's check uh what happened going into April? Uh new Century was removed from the portfolio. Wise Tech was added, and weightings of Wes Farmers and Macquarie Group went up by two percent each. Another one and a half percent was added to Boss Resources, seven percent in cash. So keep sending in the requests here to the call because that's the first filter to get up to the investment committee. Uh this half hour we'll be take a look at Alcidian. Laserbond, XRF Scientific, Levisa, and RPM Global. Um, Daniel, another to, uh, tech stock, software uh, business, Alcidian, uh, mainly uh, software to help the healthcare industry.
2: Yeah, to do with workflow, um, and their yeah. primary customers are hospitals in Australia and the UK. It seems, and the thing that I'm probably most concerned about at the moment is that they just made this massive acquisition um i think it was silver link i believe it's called i think it's more of a uk um targeted business and you know they're, they're trying to call out um, cross-selling opportunities and opening up more contract wins opening up the customer base which does make sense but they're also acquiring a massive cost base a cost base to me that looks like it was already probably too large so they're going to have to churn through this event of probably you know laying off quite a few staff members and right-sizing the business um, but so far out of all of the smaller companies we've seen so far, it's probably the one I think is most interesting because they do have a lot of favorable metrics from a business point of view um, in that software space, like really high gross margins. I think it has the potential to be a high margin business. but. That merger at the moment, there needs to be there needs to be a lot of uh, right sizing to do there. I'm not sure if um, current CEO is the type of person to do that. Um, so it'll potentially be one that I'd rather wait and watch. And I feel like we've seen too many of these narratives in the market play out. So another one, which is a, a great you know product in a great category, is, is um, in catapult, and it's just the exact same story. The business looks great. The the, the fundamentals from a margins perspective look good. The costs are just way too high, and it takes right. a long time to right size that. So I'd put that in this basket basket at the moment as a sell, and uh, another one to chuck on the watch list because it does have a lot of potential.
1: Yep, uh, Mark,
0: well, I'm not quite as harsh, but I, I I definitely see where Daniel's coming from. There is um, that that M and A. Look, they've obviously taken over someone. Um, And they've got to get that right because scale is a, you know, and and more customers is a is a pretty key to this business really overall. So um, their their P and L has been a little bit all over the shop, um, but I mean, look, it's extraordinarily cheap um, here at the moment, and and not a lot of things have got to go um, right for this thing to take off. Mm. Conversely, not a lot of things have necessarily got to go too far wrong either. So um, it would be something that you know. I, I I would say maybe is is you know a very speculative buy because um, if they pull it off, I yeah. think I think this thing you know mm. I think there is a definite niche and need there for it. Um, it does. Yeah. Like for hospitals which, you know, a lot of them have really archaic systems. You know, look at yeah. Prometicus for instance, yep. it's obviously, you know, it's a very simple task done extraordinarily well. And they just take a clip and they take a clip and they take a clip. Yeah. So, you know, this is I don't I don't put this in the same class as Prometicus but Yeah, I
1: was gonna say you'll build here if it's <laughs> oh,
0: but, but you know, like it's that's where I'm I'm probably yep. I'm probably holding if I've got right. it and then not, but not selling necessarily. Right. Um, because if you've been a if you've been a holder of this for, you know, more than more than 12 months, obviously you're probably a believer in the business. Yep. Um, and, look, smart healthcare is something that, you know, it is one of those things that everyone needs. But, you know, the, uh, there's a lot of, you know, governments don't want to be spending money on it, so they'd no. rather contract it, you know, they'd rather outsource that sort of stuff um, because everyone's running massive uh, budget deficits. So yep. it um, it's the sort of thing that I, I think that um, if a, they find a new
1: if they build momentum yeah and hospitals start to put it in
0: it's sort of and once you've got a hospital they're just not there is no they're, they're not, not coming change. off it so no. that's what pro has proved so yeah like I, I i wouldn't necessarily buy it today i'd probably buy it on stop with momentum right. um but if you've got it i definitely it would be it would be a horrible scenario that you know you, you've sold it and it actually turned around because the the um the actual needs case for this um is actually quite high and if it yeah. gathers it, it just takes one big contract and yeah. then, then it's away. yeah,
2: yeah. I, okay. I might jump in here quickly I might jump in here quickly yep. 11 million of cash burned, five million in the half and I think they'll probably burn more next half so I think that's um that sums so up like as watch. well But the near right. term yeah yep
1: okay all right uh, Daniel Dana wants a view on laser bond uh, now it manufacturers' components does it, mainly for the big machinery in the the mining energy construction business to get more life out out of your capital, is it?
2: yeah it's a fantastic little business and it's probably something that we would love to own but again it's probably a little bit too small for us right. um great metrics i think return on equity is, is well over 15 16 really high net profit margins i was pretty surprised given what they do um how much of a high margin business this is but it goes to show that when you have these kind of founder-led um, niche businesses that focused on doing one thing really well you know a lot of the times they're actually quite um, great little businesses. And I know Luke Winchester on the show has spoken about this one at length. So if the yeah. viewer is interested, go through the Osby's um, archives and, and listen to what Luke had to say, because he's certainly a lot more knowledgeable on it than I am. But one thing that I think is a, a, a probably gets put as a, a little bit more cyclical um, stock, because obviously mining industry is quite cyclical. Well, I'd counter that and say that the most um, largest spend is maintenance capex on machinery for mining companies. So this is this is you know a very crucial um, little business and little provider, and if they can clearly and they have show that they provide efficiency to those machines, then you know orders mm-hmm. won't slow down anytime soon. So um, I would give it a buy, but it's probably a little bit too small for us. So for retail investors, I might give it, a say, a, a nibble, which right. is a, another term I learned yes. off the show, and yes. <laughs> and a, more of a longer term mindset.
1: Ah, okay, Mark
0: yeah i really like that founder-led part um they had sort of the tech portion of the business that was kind of i'm not burning money up but but obviously they've got their R&D spending they've you know they're reduced i think the um those founder-led businesses sort of tend to have um a little bit more a little bit better instincts in ty- in terms of when to you know to slow down spending etc um i think this is actually a counter cyclical business absolutely mm. it um if we see downturn, you know, in the economy, um, you want to be stretching out the, the life of your yeah. machinery, basically, oh, yeah. and. Um and I, look, the, a lot of their technology, the surface engineering is is about hardening, you know, buckets for loaders or, tray, or truck trays or whatever. It, um, it massively extends the life. And, that, and a lot of the, um, you know, with the, with businesses like Caterpillar, et cetera, you know, they sell you the, I'll sell you the bulldozer, but the, the plate at the front has to be replaced every um, X amount oh, of yeah. years. And it's a big chunk of the cost. So, yeah. I mean, these guys, you know, these guys really, um, you know, are really gonna, I think, We'll see business bump up because people still want to earn money, but they're just going to
1: they're going to cut costs somewhere. Not and... interesting because West Track is one of the most profitable businesses in Seven Group Holdings. Isn't it? They're staking that, which is the Caterpillar dealership and yeah. and maintenance. It's like uh, when you buy a new car and you send it in for a service. Well, these are multi-million dollar trucks and things like that.
0: Yeah, and look, at, I think Caterpillar's, money. Caterpillar's been doing okay in the U.S. Yeah. Last time I looked, but um, yeah, their, their profit after tax was up 31% for the year. Um, wow, it's got it's got a small dividend yield. It's not, you know, it's PEs. Looking at forward PE next year, sort of 14. Right. And And um, and like I, I honestly think that people will start to tighten budgets, and then we'll see. Um, you know, we'll definitely see these guys probably get more business rather than less. Right. Okay. So, what do you think? I'm am I'm, I'm happy to buy it here for now. Right, it's okay. um, it's a small cap um obviously, but um. Uh, you know, and look, at, the same as. Yeah, look, it just yeah. Uh, yeah, again. Be aware of portfolio sizing. Yep, oh, you yep. wouldn't be putting much more in it than a couple of percent. But um, but they've been super consistent as well. I think right. we've got there's um, a couple of analysts with uh, price targets and. Thirty percent above here, but right. it, um, you know it—it it didn't suffer a hell of a lot um, last year in the big market downturn. It seems quite defensive. Okay, all
1: right, Dana, thank you for that. And of course, as Daniel was saying, uh, Luke Winchester from Meriwether Capital has uh, covered it um, here on the call a couple of times as well. Um, Mark, Daniel wants a view, uh, not Daniel from Melbourne, uh, Daniel Viewer, uh, a view on XRF Scientific. Now, uh, we've got a bit of a theme in these three stocks, haven't we? XRF Scientific, building instruments for the scientific instruments for uh, the mining industry and most importantly, uh, sells the consumables to back those instruments are
0: Yeah, they had record results. Uh revenue is up 46%, profit up 34. Um they and look they've been on a really good run. Revenues have been consistently higher. Um it, it would look there's it is cyclical and you know in the but obviously there's you know an element of in the precious metals space which you know, know they may benefit from gold, silver. Um but they do have good management. Just yeah, um, a good looking chart, isn't it's it? It's a really good looking chart and um and I, but I, I sort of think that it's it's a hold for me. I don't know whether I'd be brave enough to buy it at these levels. Um, Would you be taking profits? Oh, off the look, it's potentially, but i just probably more, more so maybe run a trailing stop. Really, it doesn't right. tend to it doesn't tend to pull back too too hard. Um, but you know, they they and it's still growing at this stage. Uh, gross margins are pretty good. Net margins are fifteen percent. So. Um, I, I think, you know, I think it's worth sort of hanging on I'll to on for to. now. Yep. Uh, it's not a, it, I don't know a massive amount of, um, you know, about the business, but um, it is at the high end of the PE range. It normally ranges around about sort of anywhere from 9 to 20. Um, and we're around about that 18 mark forward PE around the 16, you know, right. next year. So it's erring on the on the expensive side, but if revenues and profits keep going up, well, then they Good. will justify it. So, okay. Um, yeah. Daniel,
1: XRF scientific?
2: Yeah, a lot of very similar sentiments to LaserBond here. And and one thing I'd probably like to point out from an analyst point of view is that these type of businesses, which have profitable um, self-funded growth. And if you look at the share price chart of this and LaserBond from about five years ago, 2018, both of them are very similar in that it's absolutely meteoric because they're able to increase profits seven or eight times since then because it was coming off a low base, but also because they're able to do it profitably. Um, and then you have that, that just launch um, launch from a, from an EPS perspective. So yep. they're, they're, from a multiple basis, XRF is traded on the same multiple it did in 2018 than it did now, but the share price is six or seven times higher. So wow. that is absolutely crucial when you're analyzing these smaller um, speculative businesses. You need something that can grow um, profitably. And another and one- the, which And they, they deliver. Up- exactly, and, and if you look at Prometicus, look at the share count over yep. time of Pro Medicus. That's a business that's been self-funded the entire way and been 40% net margins pretty much the entire way as well. So that is yeah. that is the power of compounding when you don't have to issue shares. And yep. I think XRF is a, is a great little business. It's exposed more to exploration and sample analysis. So I think it is a little bit more cyclical. I I'd definitely say you'd be happy to hold it, but in terms of adding here, I'd probably be a little bit more cautious in the near term, but yeah, great little business as well.
1: Yeah, is it? is it terrific to look at those businesses which are outside the top 200 300 almost 400 uh, and just reliable businesses that just get the job done and, and you don't hear hear from them because they're hmm. too, too busy building the business
2: yeah yeah and it comes back to management incentives so management isn't incentivized to just grow revenue and try get <coughs> it included into the asx200 these are founder-led businesses they don't yeah. want to just torch their cost base they grow sustainably. And even though it might be slow and steady, you can see that over time, that's what compounding does. And another one would probably call as fiducian group, which is a small financial planning business, which is the same thing, slow and steady over time and EPS uh, growth is is, uh, very, very evident for share price performance there. So yeah. when you find these businesses, you know, you want to hold on to them early on in the, in the growth stage because they obviously can perform really strongly. Yeah.
1: And usually, as you say, they have strong founders behind them. Um, and exactly. G- Georgia wants a view, Daniel, on LaVisa, the uh, retail custom, uh, what do they uh, call them? Costume, jewellery, low-end uh Fast jewelry. fashion? Uh, fast fast fashion. fashion, I believe. Yes, is there's um, a, um, a word from a dad who obviously has daughters who <laughs> uh, uh, who shop there. What do you think of La Visa? It is, seems to be the rock star of the retail sector at the moment.
2: Yeah, and there's a reason for that. It's definitely, if you look at its margins, you know, it's... It's a retail business, but arguably more of just a, a great distribution business, similar to something like data I mean, it's just so fascinating how well this business is run. I mean, the, the, the time to delivery between uh, concept design and, and the stock being in store from the amount of um, stock they're turning over to the rapid deployment of opening up stores and then if it's not doing well, closing them straight away. I mean it's it's just such a well-run business and that's why um, obviously they perform so strongly and you rarely 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 see sustainable net profit margins above 10 percent in any type of fast fashion or fast industry or turnover industry as a whole so there's a reason why everyone loves this business Um, but then it comes back to the share price and and everyone loves it it's trading at a high multiple so this is one where realistically everything in life and in business is never bottom left to top right so you know something could happen to this business and it happened earlier in about 2016 when it didn't respond fast enough to a fashion trend and, and got knocked. so i think you'd, you'd be strong enough to hold it such a high quality company and we've held it for a long time as well uh but i think it's difficult to be adding at this point in the cycle i'd, I'd rather just wait and and see the execution from this point on yep um
1: i on my walk to work mark Gardner, i pass all of visa and I look at everything in there, it is stacked full of this jewellery. I keep thinking to myself, how can they make those margins? um, I've spent a lot of time. With five bucks for earrings or $2 or whatever. No, with um,
0: seven young daughters under 15, um, I spent a lot of time outside this shop.
1: Uh, waiting for them. Seven to... Seven daughters <laughs> under fifteen. Correct. You spend a lot of time outside Labissa and well, in therapy. It's the it's yeah. Well, there is that as well. But you know, it's the, it's the cheapest. It's oh the, my god! It's the cheapest price you'll ever
0: pay for twenty five minutes piece. So, um, but yeah, look. It, it, they're small items as well. So I, I think yeah, this yeah. is, you know, it's less cyclical than the bigger. Um, yep. Your Harvey Normans, even even to a certain extent, your JB Hi-Fis, because I mean, it is. It's a, yeah. a lot of $5 stuff. Um, yeah. I've got a 13-year-old boy as well, who's you know starting to make his way in there for you know, interested in girls now. So, right. but, uh, <laughs> but the, look, it's a great story. But I'd echo Daniel's comments and just say it's oh, you know you're buying the top of the range here, um, and I think at some stage you'll probably. But get their a bit
1: rollout of a, out is huge. Their rollout's and huge, and they've got a chief executive who is incredibly incentivised to deliver.
0: Yeah, and and look, it's I think it's priced with everything going right at right. the moment, and okay. um, and I, look, I'm more than happy to be wrong if I had if I had it, I'd definitely be holding on to it. But right. for for new money, it's it's a pretty high, you know, it's a pretty high multiple yes. to be paying. Oh, yeah. um, you know, if you. Um, you know, for you to be paying at this late stage in the game. Um, but, look, I, I think it's, you know, I think we've spoken about the lipstick sort of purchases. Yes. I think these guys will maintain demand yeah. because it'll be there'll be small treats um, rather than, you know, big ticket items. When th-
1: things are glooming, the economy's down, and you can't afford anything, yeah. just a little treat. Uh, like the old lipstick index we talked about before on the show, that in the past, lipstick sales go up yeah. when uh, economies falter because and people then I, just
0: want I to think treat the, themselves. I think the trend in the fashions will then probably yeah. matter less because... Yeah. I think they'll be at a price point for restricted household budgets. Yeah. So um, see, I'd really like, I'd just like to buy it cheaper. If, if, if I was yeah. new money, I, I'd just, i want to- wait for a i want to wait for a pullback. I'd probably, it'd be one that's um, high up the list on a, you know, on a big down day.
1: Okay, all right. Daniel, have you got seven daughters under 15? <laughs>
2: No, uh, no comment out. I think uh, OzBiz is the only program you get great comedy. Great comedy. <laughs> so, but this is why everyone tunes in, you, you get the combination. Of-
1: <laughs> All right, uh, our final stock uh, of the day is RPM Global. Daniel Naomi wants a view on that. Again, another technology business uh, consulting and training to the mining
2: industry. Yeah, this is this is one of these businesses that it's very hard to analyze, and you probably need to have a history of looking at this business to understand what's going on. So this business started as a as a consulting um, and advisory business, and it actually started to develop its own internal software to help uh, mining companies. And then it actually t- decided new management came in and said, "Hey, why don't we just um, transform into a software business because everyone knows software businesses are you know the the creme de la creme in terms of operating metrics." So over the last 10 years, it's slowly been making this development. And if you think the hospital industry moves slow, then the mining industry moves even slower. So it takes a lot of investment and a long time of adoption for this to flow through. But now you're starting to see it um, eventuate now. So the recent mm. metrics are they had uh, annualized recurring revenue of over, I think, about 50, 60 million, where previously, um, oh, sorry, 36 million, where previously it was 4 million. Two years ago. So the adoption's there and the momentum is coming, and, and EBITDA starting to flow through. So I think this is one um, probably in the next two or years or so, you're going to see a lot of um, investor interest in. A competitor, Deswick, which is more in the scheduling part of the software where RPM's more asset maintenance, they got taken out on a 30 times EBITDA multiple um, by a big competitor. And it kind of shows how you know important building out the okay. stack is. So they bought it um, basically to fill a hole in their own software um, um, providing needs. And I think that's probably what ends up happening with RPM. I think someone larger comes along and takes them out um, to fill up their needs in in that offering. And clearly the, the lack of competition and the fact that so many of them are subscale and smaller providers, shows that if you are able to be of scale, it's very, very valuable. So okay. I think this is one that you absolutely put on your watch list. Unfortunately, it doesn't meet our metrics at Stock Doctor. So right. it's one I've been pushing and, and trying to trying to get there. But uh, for me, I'll have mm. to be wait. Um, but yeah, I think this is okay. one you can start to pull Yeah, on. for M&A activity uh Mark?
0: yeah yeah I'll, I'll agree with daniel's comments there it's gone through multiple transitions uh over time and then obviously you know the upfront cost of the software versus the sas transition as well which has obviously okay. made their books you know so not only has the business model changed you know the way they charge for that new model has changed mm. so it's not been the easiest uh thing to go and analyze really and um but they are starting to see the you know that that transition of revenue now um, you know come through uh, in the SaaS model. Um, yeah, it's I mean look, it's still a cyclical business, but it it I think um, I think it seems pretty cheap to me. Um, it, it's a little bit of a risk. I think there's a few analysts out there that really quite like it and, and at much higher prices. Uh-huh. Um, PE here from Refinity is like seven. So if they're paying thirty times multiples, well you know. Cheers um I and and being a software business i I, th- I would have thought that's extraordinarily cheap but it is it, it was I found it extraordinarily difficult to go through because you you know the further you go back the more it almost muddies the picture right. of what the company's doing right now right but um, but overall they, they seem to have managed all these transitions pretty well and and um, and and it should be, I think you know, I think I think they uh, they acquired a small Tasmanian um, software business as well, which was uh, which they can sort of build out. But mm. you know, they've they've shown, I think management obviously are fairly strong, considering they've sort of identified and to go with the uh, with the software part, which would have been a fairly big change. Um, i would probably say watch list, but I'm I'm, I'm, I'm erring towards I'm like, speculating buy to be honest. Um, I think just more on hearing you know Daniel's comments really because yep. uh, I I just was a you know Put him over the line it was a bit it was a bit of a confusing business model yeah. and um, okay and I've seen it before but yeah I
1: I suspect I by I reckon it's a suspect by yeah. okay. All right, that's good in this market. We've had uh, a few really good ones like that today, and uh, stocks that may not be on your radar, but put them on your radar for the future and get the timing right. Uh, let's uh, recap the uh, uh, the final five stocks. Our city in a sell from uh, from Daniel, uh, a hold from Mark. Both have a uh, a nibble on Laserbond. Quite like the business. Uh, XRF Scientific, a hold from both. Labisa, a hold from both. RPM Global, a watch. Daniel would like to to buy it, but it doesn't um, make the stock doctor's um, uh, filters and metrics. Um, Mark reckons speculative buy So um, it's an interesting one to end on. Uh, Daniel, appreciate your time today. Thank you kindly. Enjoy Easter.
2: Yep, you too, gosh. and thanks for the laughs today as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, Mark Garner enjoy La Visa over uh, Easter long weekend. We've yeah, no, probably spend half an hour camped outside <laughs> over the weekend, so <laughs> Alright, have a good Easter too. Cheers. Uh, that's all we have time for today on the call, of course, good, been good Friday we're not on tomorrow, but back same time on Tuesday uh, Any socks you'd like us to cover, put them in an email to us thecall at osbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at Ausbiz TV handle. Coming up next, the Pulse a lot more coming on Ausbiz throughout the afternoon don't go away